following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good morning. <laughs> I didn't know. Was it, was what it if my it's turn? not? What if it's not morning? What if it's afternoon? Good afternoon or good evening. Whatever it may be. Yeah. Happy well, day. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the Christ Dome Podcast. Is that what we're called? I don't remember. That's incredible. You <laughs> should do this from now on. What? I think you should do the intro because you just did it. You did a great job. Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm Jessica. I'm Jordan. <laughs> I got nothing. You lead this roller coaster. <laughs> just sitting back here watching you uh, make it happen, man. Uh, like, I think you're doing a good job. Good job. Yeah, but now I tap out. Your you're turn. done. I'm all right. Done. What are we doing? We are. No, don't make me go through it all. <laughs> Welcome. We are discussing the lead book by uh, Paul David Tripp, which is so weird. I don't know that I call him Paul David Tripp, but his that's how it. Why did uh, it's like uh, people that have three names? Yeah. I, Do you know anybody like that? Well, I mean, we all kind of have three names if we have a middle name. That's true. But why don't we use our <laughs> middle know. names? Could you imagine Jessica Renee Crawlman every time? I'd be like, whoa, I'm in trouble. I know your kids' middle names. Mm, you do. <laughs> I so funny story. My youngest is, he's a handful sometimes. And um, so his name's Logan. And Logan Lee. Name, Logan Lee. Someone actually thought his first name was Logan Lee because they heard <laughs> me use it so much in the church building. I was like, oh, I don't know if that makes me a bad parent or he just doesn't listen. I know all the kids in my neighborhood's uh, middle name, too. Absolutely. Middle names are when you get in trouble. I call it by them. Like, I feel yeah. like their dad sometimes. I'm just screaming Absolutely. at him down the hallway or whatever. But why don't we? Yeah, like you get a middle name, but you never use it. No, But he kind of does. Like, a lot of times when people refer to him, you hear Paul David Tripp. Do you think it's because... <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> Do you think it's because there's another Paul Trip out there, and he was like, "I got it," you know? <laughs> I gotta be I'm not that guy. I don't know. You know, there's a, oh, like I don't know if I want to. <laughs> like, it's some random, you know, weirdo <laughs> pops up, and he's like, "I'm not that guy." That is not like, me. Mm, I'm gonna have to go with no on that. Mm -hmm. anyway, anyway, Paul David Trip, man, what's up? <laughs> yeah, so we're working through the lead book. You did great. I know. I could. I just, you take the lead, run with it. You're good. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> Man, chapter three. We're in uh, talking about limits uh, today. And as we walk through this chapter, it's kind of interesting because I feel like for the first time in a long time, um, we can actually break this down and have like a constructed mm -hmm. conversation about like these, I'm going to call them quarters. Yeah. So he has like, these four limits, mm -hmm. and he talks about um, essentially uh, limited gifts, limited time, limited energy, limited maturity. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, well, I just looked at it. What is the title of this chapter? Um, limits. Is it limits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet it it, is. I bet it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Doggone it. I have my book open. All I'm right. Ready. Yeah, so he talks about limits. Um, and I want to do that. I want to break this down mm -hmm. into these four quarters, if you will, and just kind of walk through it. But we've been doing this every single time we, we sit and discuss, and that is uh, defining what uh, the the title of the chapter is. And so when you looked at limits, Jess, mm -hmm. what would how would you define that? Like, how would you look at limits in yeah. regards to what he's talking about? And um, then I guess I'll have a follow-up question. Sorry. No, go ahead. Do you agree or disagree? No. <laughs> this was a... This was... Okay, who am I kidding? Every single chapter has been slightly convicting. So this was another one of who those. Who am I kidding? Yeah, who am I kidding? This <laughs> book hurts. You have to sit it down sometimes just because you're like, oh, man. Um, he, like I kind of was, as I was reading through it, I underlined what I would say his definition is. And he says, everyone and everything has been, has been designed by God with limits. Mm -hmm. And it never works, never results in anything good to attempt to live, mm -hmm. minister, and lead outside the boundaries of the limits God has set. Sure. And so, yeah, just this idea of we all have um, a, f a finite mm -hmm. amount of he would say gifting a finite amount of time. You have 24 hours in a day, mm -hmm. seven days in a week. You can't increase that. Um, a fi you have finite en energy. Sometimes I wish I had unlimited energy. Sometimes I think my kids have unlimited energy, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they don't. Um, and then we all have this finite maturity of where like, we haven't arrived and we can't 
So, um, and we'll dig into that. But yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think we all, I don't think we like to admit that we have limits. Um, I think we like to say what we can accomplish is limitless. But you think it's a um, human thing or you think it's an American thing? Oh, I think it's a human thing. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I guess I can't answer that fully. I don't know. I don't know other culture as well. Sure. Um, I think probably it's a hugely American, but I think we all have that one. We all want to be God. Mm. Um, and that's kind of a big statement, but I think we all like to be in control. We all like to, um, yeah, we want, I, I don't know. Like hmm. I, I just think there's a little bit of, I, I want to, I want to say I can do everything. I want to say I can fit everything in. I want to yeah. try to fit everything in. I often fail when I do that, but mm. Yeah, I don't know. Control issue, maybe? Hun- well, I mean, for me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but absolutely for me. Uh, sounds like control. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, the ability, if if I fill my head with all, uh, if I fill my schedule, I shouldn't say my head. Mm-hmm. If I fill my schedule with a bunch of stuff that I don't have to think. Yeah. If I don't have to think, then I'm in control. Well, you and know. we've made business an idol where yeah. we love to be busy. Yeah. And we love to say that we're busy and we... Like, we almost make ourselves a martyr then because we're so busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For sure. All right, so I like your definition um, because it's Paul David Troop's (laughs) definition. Absolutely. Why (laughs) say it when he can? If you don't read the book, we'll summarize it for you. All right, so let's move in first quarter. All right, so you have limited gifts. Mm -hmm. And as I was kind of unpacking him talking about limited gifts. And one thing that uh, I see this all the time in regards to leadership, I've seen it in my own leadership, um, is wanting to do it all. I think I'm getting older. And I'm, as I get older, I'm getting to the place where I don't want to do it all anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you, f- you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, it's I 100% want to do it all a lot of the time because mm-hmm. in my head, I can do it the best. Yeah. Um, but as responsibilities add up and maybe I don't know if it's with age you just or I don't know if it's just with where you're at like or where I'm at in the amount of responsibilities I have Mm -hmm. you very quickly realize you can't do it all doesn't take away the (laughs) desire to control it but yeah absolutely I think that's I don't know do you remember that conversation we were having this is a long time ago and we were like the hardest part about coming up with ideas is knowing what the work that needs to be done (laughs) to accomplish that idea so like there's a lot of times when we would sit down and we'd be like we should do this and then we'd look at it and be like or not (laughs) do i really want to tackle that (laughs) or or maybe we shouldn't do that or whatever the (laughs) case is but i think if you look at it it, like that would be to me a pitfall to my leadership Mm -hmm. because i think if i have the uh, the idea or god has given me the idea Mm -hmm. or whatever the case is um which is which is interesting i was listening to um a training the other day and this guy was talking about how you need to let your brain sit and mm. just like there are times when your brain will just kind of come to uh it, he's like it's it's uh it's like when people lay in bed and then your ideas come you know mm-hmm. you should always keep like a, a notebook next to your bed Absolutely. so that like oh yeah i can't forget that you know he's like you should write those things down he's like the more you sit the more your brain kind of thinks and then when your brain thinks when it's just in like this idle mode you have the ability to to um see that happen and i i think as God gives us ideas and abilities and things like that, it's interesting. It's not overwhelming if I can break it down in regards to delegation. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I have the idea. But I think where leaders, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think where leaders go south is when they get to the point in place where they go, I'm going to do this all by, on my own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he kind of discussed in this portion how we all have to, we all have strengths, we all mm-hmm. have weaknesses. And I would encourage you, uh, if you haven't taken a spiritual gift test at some point, do that. Yeah. Um, because I think, like, I actually went back and looked at mine. I was like, What do you got? Um. So I'm at the top. I'm is teaching. You're at the top. No, no, no. At the top of my <laughs> gift. So at the top of I, I aced the spiritual <laughs> gift test. I don't know if you know that or not. Hundred percent on every single question. <laughs> no, at the top of mine was um, teaching. Followed. I'm not gonna get past that. No. It's gonna take me a second. All right, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah. So mine was teaching, um, admin, mm-hmm. um, just the administration side is second, and then evangelism and leadership was mm-hmm. like tied for third. Mm-hmm. So which, what fills me? Yeah. And the parts of my job that I thrive on. Yeah. Are those areas? I I thrive on teaching. I could delegate it out, but man, I like I might come home physically exhausted, but mentally I'm just I'm. 
I love it. Yeah. Like, so it, yeah, if you don't know what your gifting is, I would encourage you to find that out. And then I would encourage, find out what your team, I mean, we all have people we lead. And even in the home, it's good to know like where you are with your spouse in terms of, you know, what my husband might say. He, well, let me give you an example. Giving is really low on mine. Really? <laughs> really? No way. And mercy. They're both like. Can't even. I, I know, mean, it's shocker. I'm, I'm having like, a hard time wrapping my mind around this. Hard time. They're like, you can barely get negative points, but I almost did. Negative like, points on a spiritual <laughs> gift test. And you can't because you have to put a number in. That's so funny. Can like, you imagine? Like, you're like, oh, you pass this. Negative but, yeah. three. But that is super high on my husband. Yeah. And so. Um, his yeah, giving and mercy his is. Giving, yeah. His giving is. Mercy, I'm not sure where that would fall. But giving, yeah. that's one of his high ones. He thrives on being someone who gives. And so. Yeah, f- I think finding that out within the within your home, within the teams you lead, because then he goes into this part and he talks a lot about how where I'm weak, mm-hmm. your team, fill your team with people that can fill in your gaps and your weaknesses. If you surround yourself with people who are all the same gifting as you, mm-hmm. you're going to have holes. But when yeah. we come together and we work together within our strengths and weaknesses, that is when you really thrive. Yeah. Um do you remember taking all like the Myers Briggs tests and all that other stuff? I don't you? remember. I I'm, don't remember everything I am. I should probably yes. go back and do those. I want. I kind of wonder. Like, I wonder if those change. If, you know what? On my spiritual gift test, I remember we did it. I don't. We did it here at church a little, like mm-hmm. a couple years ago, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Faith had moved up on mine. Mm. So like just as I'd gone through life and I'd experienced more, um, I think with my love languages, those yeah. have slowly not fully changed, but there's a couple that have shifted spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, yeah, I thought I've thought that often. Yeah, like, man, I wonder if I'm still an extrovert, and I don't remember what else. It's hard too because I feel labeled, and maybe mm-hmm. that's just me like struggling with that. But there's a lot of times where I take those tests and I, I feel like I'm I'm boxing a corner. And I'm like, well, does that mean I can't be those things? You right. know what I mean? Like, because I am extroverted to a certain extent, but I also have mm-hmm. some introverted tendencies. Yeah. You know, like there's times where if I'm, and he talks about it a little bit in the book, like being depleted, mm-hmm. where if I'm depleted, yeah, um, I, I need to like <clears throat> go into the introverted side. Rick Warren always says, if you work for a living with your hands, you should do something to relax with your mind. Mm. <clears throat> if you do something with your mind for work, then you should do something with your hands to relax. Yeah. Um, and then it, that's that's probably good advice. We have a family in our church um, who does the love language every year, mm-hmm. and then they post the results on their doors. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> but I loved it. In fact, I told him, I go, I love that because it is such an in-your-face reminder of this yeah. is how I should love my child. Yeah. This is how my husband needs it. And the best part of, of it is like, what was the top for one person was a very yeah, bottom yeah, for the yeah. other. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you have to be so intentional <laughs> on how you love your spouse then. Like, but I think it's, I think it's good to reevaluate, revisit, mm-hmm. go through again. Um, see where is it? God has gifted you. Um, yeah. How yeah. do you see the compliment and not the competition though? Like, I mean, our spouses are like this. We talked about this last season, but, uh, you know, it, it's not just in married life. It's also, uh, when you find somebody who, is not or is the opposite you mm-hmm. know not not the gifting that you are yeah how do you see them as as completion josh Whelan, wyland excuse me says uh let your critics become your coaches mm. you know and but but that's hard how do you make that switch in your mind man it is amazing uh, to me it's you've got to humble yourself mm-hmm. like and i think you've got to keep like what is the end goal in mind which is to glorify christ and you know all we say think and do i you know i think that's got to be at the that's why we're here is to bring glory to god so if they like when you humble yourself and see that by working with them instead of against them, we're going to greater glorify God. Mm-hmm. But in that's easy in theory, that's hard in practice. Yeah. Um, to, I think it takes it, it takes doing it mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah. It's, it, and it's sometimes it's taking that that thought captive yeah. that wait, 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 they're better than me. OK, yeah, no, they are like yeah. celebrate that. Yeah. Um, getting praying that god takes and removes that critical spirit mm-hmm. so i don't know man that's tough like yeah. it, it is like i think that was the uh, you you talk about conviction you know in regards mm-hmm. to the book and i think that's where it's it's super convicting on my end is just looking at it and being like i think at the end of the day i want the i want the praise mm-hmm. i want the adoration i want the glory um but if everybody in the community is focused on giving god the glory then it's kind of like hey you did your you did yeah. your job you know so i don't know that's that's kind of tough i think um 
I don't know. And maybe it's it's changing when you get older. Maybe it does change when you get older because there's uh, that willingness to just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like here, you know, like you can have this. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> right. I know. I, I, I think that comes with um, the maturity side of things, too. Yeah. Just And the sanctification process, where you're mm-hmm. at in that, um, where you're at in God changing you to slowly become more and more like his son, Jesus. Um, that... I think where you're at kind of what step you're at, mm-hmm. although half the time it's like three steps forward, 10 steps back, Amen. but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where you're at in that process helps a little bit, um, yeah. that spiritual maturity there. So I don't know. It's yeah. hard. All right. Quarter two. Uh, you have limited time. I love this. Uh, this is, this is my wheelhouse, yeah. like one Oh one. And he asked a, he asked a handful of questions in the end of this yes. kind of section, but, um, I'm huge on this. Mm-hmm. I, I time everything. Which is weird. I had a buddy of mine tell me the other day. He's like, "You, you, what?" I'm like, "I time everything. I time my devotions. I time my workouts. I time how much time it takes me to get ready in the morning. Um, like, I'm always looking for shortcuts. You know, like yeah. how do I make this faster, more efficient, or whatever the case is." Uh, so when he talked about like 24 hours in the day, uh, I was, I was like, "You got my attention," you know. Right. Um, but uh, I guess the first question, looking at the limited time, is. We had I had a I had a lady in a, a my office the other day and uh, she's dealing with cancer mm-hmm. and um, she said you know I've I've never thought about death mm-hmm. uh, until recently you know and it was funny because I then talked to another individual who deals with death on a regular basis mm-hmm. you know and and we do all the time like mm-hmm. we kind of live with that reality or whatever the case is and in the back of my mind I was just thinking like why do people think that they don't have limited time like mm-hmm. why do we always open up our planner and we're like, okay, this, the end of this month, I'm going to do this. And then the end of the, like two months, you know, I'm going to do this. Like what's, what's your thought process there in regards to people looking at it going, man, I, I have an unlimited amount of time. Yeah. I don't, I think I, growing up, I have a mom, uh, she's still alive, but she's, she was very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was given an end date, um, 30, 40, 50. Um, I was going to say she's not, she's six. Yeah. Seven, sixty-six. I don't know. I just made it really old. Sorry, my mom. Love you, mom. Um, yeah, I think she's sixty-six, but she's always given an end date. So, mm. um, she wasn't supposed to make it this far, and if she did, her quality of life should have been on oxygen in a bed, not moving. Yeah. Um, that's not my mom. She still goes out and like she works out and she runs and um goes yeah. soccer games. Yeah, she's at she everything. Yeah. So. I don't know. De- I, for me, it's hard to wrap my mind around, and especially in like where we're at in the world right now. And mm. everyone, don't go around your family because you might not, you know, you don't want to get them sick, and that's fine. Whatever, teach their own. But our family has approached it as, if this is our last week, which it could be with my mom at any time, let's make those memories count. Right. And so I don't know. Like for me, it's hard because we, I, I grew up in a place recognizing that each day is a gift, and each moment is a gift. With so make it count. Mm-hmm. Like don't. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today, and whether that is building into someone, whether that's um, forgiving someone, whether that, like, whatever it is, like, handle it. Hmm. And so I don't know. I can't answer that question well because that's not the world that I – I just grew up in a world knowing death was there. Yeah. Um, it's weird, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I just uh, – I wrestle with that, too, because I'm like – it's so foreign to me for people to not have – this mm-hmm. this concept that time is limited and uh we deal with it a lot when funerals hit you know right. like people are so taken aback that their loved one died and we just look at it and go it's yeah. like man like like it's part of it it's part of this process mm-hmm. but as believers we do have unlimited time in regards we, to eternity and that could be i think maybe that's it is we know this isn't our home right that our hope is so much like it, it goes so much further and our hope is found in the lord and that as we yeah, we just know this isn't forever. Mm-hmm. Like this is so temporary. And I think when I think that came and that comes as you get older. Yeah. Um, I, rem- I mean, you remember like, I don't want Jesus to come back until I've done this and then until I've done this. Yeah. And now I'm like, come Lord Jesus, you know, and really I think, do you do oh, that? Oh, very much. Like at this point, I'm like, OK, God, like, man, I get to points in my day where I'm just like, you can wait. Like yeah. I just love there's some now there's some parts I'm 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 going to 100 percent resonate with you when I'm like. Yeah, God, you could come back right now. But then there's sometimes where I just I'm like, I really am enjoying this moment. And then I forget like how great heaven is, yeah. you know, like because I only know this side of it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh nah, man, like you I can you can wait. <laughs> I think it's because I look at my kids and I go, man, the things you're gonna be exposed to. Right. I wish I I can't protect you from that. And I like I want to, and some I can, but there's a lot I can't. And yeah. just 
but you learn and there's there's growth in those hardships and so i don't know hmm. interesting yeah. you uh you you brought down your planner we were joking about it oh, before yeah. we uh we came downstairs um but um looking at at that and like and planning like how do you do you have a um a way like you plan out your day like yeah. is there a way that you kind of structure and Go through all I am that stuff. not counting my minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that, expect. I don't know if I. I might me. be the only person in the world that does it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I have routine. Like I have like this is when I'm going to get up and do my devotions, yeah. which is usually right after I take the kids to school. So like we had a virtual learning day the other day that was not planned. Oh, it was well, planned. Well, I think it mm, was too. I, it was planned. <laughs> there was no snow on the ground. For those yeah. of you who are listening who are not in Indiana, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the teachers got together in the teachers' lounge, I had a know. meeting, and we're like, "Hey, we're we not going to have school tomorrow." Yeah, but in my head, it wasn't planned, so that threw my whole day My off. kids were so amped up. They kept going out to the door and looking out the window. They're like, Dad, it's going to snow. Yeah, I'm like, it's no, not going to snow. No, it's not going to. <laughs> yeah, and that threw my whole day off. I was yeah. like, Tuesday is push day, and Tuesday is – so, yeah, I have it. This is – I kind of know, like, these are the things I need to get done on Monday. Mm -hmm. These are the things I need to get done on, you know, Tuesday. Thursday, Friday are my meeting days. Sure. So, absolutely. Um, the hard part is knowing when to chuck the plan. Mm. And – um. Like Tuesday, my kids were home. That was a day Things I was have to change. supposed to spend <clears throat> the whole day, you know, really getting ready for our Wednesday night church service. And um, I couldn't. I could. I guess I could have. Yeah. Or. Which we've done before. Absolutely. We just drag them to church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just bring them with us. Or I can go get my snow stuff on and we can go sledding. Right. And so I think that's where, like, this talks a lot about, like, you don't have, um, you have a limited time. And mm -hmm. he kind of brings up, he says there's three circles. And you've got your spiritual life, like your own personal growth. You've mm -hmm. got your family, your friends. And I really focused in on the family section of that. Mm -hmm. And you've got, like, he, he would say ministry, but I think that would be your job. Yeah, um, what you do for And, me. like, you you can't grow out with those circles. So they're going to. There, if you give more too much to one another one you're going to shrink it down right and you know i got to thinking like okay so spiritual life like that was important i had to get my devotions done that day like that's something that god and i we've got to keep that up regardless but i could have pushed my my job over that or i could have let my kids grow and if i'm gonna let anything grow it needs to be my relationship with the lord it needs to be my kids yeah. and my family and so i think it's remembering in those moments like you're going to be taken away from one of them mm -hmm. Which one is worth the takeaway, and which one does God want you to prioritize? And that's hard. Which sounds like the benefit of having a flexible schedule. Oh, 100%. Like I, we're, yes. we're in a little bit different 100%. boat. 100%. There's some people where, you know, they go to work at a certain time and get uh, yeah. off at a certain time. Absolutely. You know? I mean, that's that's my husband. You know, you clock in, you clock out, whatever, right, you right. know, sort of. But, yeah, that is that is a joy of being a mom that I stay at home, I work, but... But I think regardless, you have to find those moments. And so mm -hmm. if it takes scheduling in your family time, schedule in your family time. But may, like look at look over like I'll look over at my calendar and I'll go, OK, so when am I seeing my kids? Mm -hmm. Is it on, like what am I doing fun with my family? How am I investing in my personal relationship with the Lord? And just you have a limited amount of time. So use it wisely. Yeah, uh, it's really weird how chapters line up with what goes on like in everyday life, because I was just <laughs> yeah. talking to a guy yesterday about schedules and he was asking me like i think people are fascinated about pastoral schedules because mm -hmm. i think they they think like we sit around for a while yeah, and then just we just chill. like sunday comes and yeah. you know they're like well, what do you do like how does this work or whatever the case is but his three circles were really interesting i've always done six hour blocks there's four six hour blocks mm -hmm. in a day so um six hours i designate to sleep um and then there the other three uh blocks i work two of them Mm -hmm. So what that equates to, and I didn't even realize it, um, he, the guy that I was sitting across from the other day, he's like, you work 84 hours a week. And I was like, um, yeah, probably. I said, I don't, I never really, you know, like did the math on it. And, uh, I said, it's kind of funny, you know, people look at me sometimes and they're like, and they work 40 hours a week. And I just always wonder, I'm like, what do you do with the other 40? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so, <laughs> so dumb about it. Like, what do you do? Like, but I think that's the difference between having a job and a calling. Yes. Because I think your calling is you lose track. Like you said with teaching, you just lose track of time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it just goes out the window. But I went back and uh, looked at, like, my planner, and I thought about those three circles. And I thought, what if we um, had those six-hour chunks designated to those three mm -hmm. circles? So, like, 
in a day, you had six hours dedicated to relationships, marriage, kids, right. you know, friends. friends, you know, whatever the case is. And then you had six hours in a day where you were focusing on the spiritual, it, which is mind, body and soul, mm-hmm. you know, so like devotions and working out and um, or even taking walks or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, yeah. you know, or um, I'm going to say this really loosely because the secular world would run with it. But um meditation mm-hmm. you know like sitting being still like some of those things and then you had six hours what was the third circle uh, like ministry job calling. yeah so that's your job yeah. well you know some people will look at me like you're only going to designate like six hours to like work in a day and i thought about it i'm like i bet you most people only work like even if they're at their job like eight to ten hours or 12 hours or whatever if you were to cut out like all the the fluff mm-hmm. you probably only really truly work you know, four four hours maybe a day. You still have like you're in transit or whatever the case is. Um, but if you worked a solid six hours every day of the week, like that would change everything. If you dedicated six hours to your family, you know, that would change everything. <laughs> I was just thinking about it, I was like, do I do that? And what was funny is I've realized like I've kind of hit it. You know what I mean? Like I kind of hit some of those. Those are kind of mm-hmm. my markers. I've just never defined it that way. Right. Um, and I was thought it was, it was just kind of like an, an eye opener of I think that's why I feel depleted in regards to giftedness because mm-hmm. I don't pour into these other areas. Or if like I don't have a good day, it was because one of them got over overloaded. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you got to the point where it was like, oh, you spent too much time you know, um, sleeping, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, yeah, those are always the worst nights where you like at, like you go, I'm going to sleep in and then you sleep in and you're like, yeah. Well, I am a mess the rest <laughs> of the day. Like, I needed to have got up, like, two hours ago. Yeah. Uh, the lady in the church told me that I'm I'm well-regulated. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's... And she just said, you know, she's like, oh, that's not a bad thing. It's no. just the way that you are, you know, or whatever the case is. But um, I don't know. I think at the end of that whole section, it, it feels very much like people need to take time inventory. Absolutely. You know, like, I'm not saying you should... You should uh, time everything yeah. like I do I'm and not like that. realistically like I'm a mom that has three kids who I would love to be able to time that out like mm-hmm. I or even like I'll do something at home they're gonna come and interrupt your time right, like right, right. but I think it is just being aware of where where are you giving your time and if you give too much mm-hmm. something else will give yeah um whether it's your physical health whether it's your spiritual walk with the Lord whether it's your family and so finding that balance and then I think that's where it ties in with the one before of so that's where you need to find people who are gifted differently to fill those gaps so that it isn't all on you with those three circles which one do you miss like which one do you feel like you like is is the hardest one to to hit i definitely overfill the work bucket all the time yeah like uh, so i'm taking a circle and i'm calling it a bucket but i mean <laughs> yes 100 percent. i constantly overfill the the work one yeah family usually gets pushed hmm. um or I mean, total transparency. Sometimes it's a spiritual life one because I can justify my work as spiritual. Yeah, I do that a lot. So while I'm studying God's word, I wrote I had to write out these lessons and I was, you know, but where's the personal relationship? So um, if anything's going to be overflowing, it's going to be like my job. Right. Um, Because it's very easy in the ministry world, I think, to justify. Well, I'm I do kids ministry. Well, by giving to the kids ministry, I'm really giving to my kids. Right, okay. right. But they're, no. Yeah. It's so, I don't know. It's so easy to do that. It's so mm-hmm. easy to justify some of those things. And I mean, I was even praying through some of this chapter and thinking, okay, Jordan, like, where's your balance? Mm-hmm. You know, like, that might be why you're frustrated in yeah. some, some seasons, you know, because now there's going to be times where you're going to have to overfill that bucket. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And you and those are times that like in my house especially I'm like, okay, we're getting to a push season. Mm-hmm. Like I've got retreats coming up. I'm gonna be gone a little bit more. So yeah. I'm gonna find the moments throughout the week, but just like you're aware of it. But I think when you can kind of when you know mm-hmm. it helps stave off some of those other things. This year, every year, I think the pa- no, that's not true. The past two years, we do a Christmas ornament thing here at the church where we write down our prayer requests. In the past years, I've prayed, help me balance my job with my family. That yeah. you know, and that's what I ask for prayer every year because that's always a rub. Yeah. So yeah, stuff. All right, number three, uh, third quarter. You have limited energy. <laughs> it it, it kind of ties into the second yeah. one because. 
when I was looking at that, that that's when those three circles really started mm-hmm. to kind of come to the surface because I thought about it and I was like, maybe I don't have energy because I'm over I'm overloading mm-hmm. in other areas. Like yeah. last night, um, <laughs> Bethany looks at me and she says, um, "You're really short with the kids," and uh, I was like, "Yeah, because they drive me crazy." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we have those moments and i don't know why yeah. but like my oldest was just driving me nuts <laughs> like i could not I, I just have you ever had those moments where they say stuff and you're just like i don't like you yeah like you need to leave before <laughs> mommy explodes because it's coming i feel so bad but i was i was in this boat where i was like everything that comes out of your mouth right now yeah 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 (laughs) and so i'm glad i'm not alone in that and i think every parent out there is probably like yeah absolutely i I feel that but she's like you're really short with the kids and i tried to assess it because it's a stupid book and (laughs) (laughs) don't do it's convicting you want to throw it for different yeah so i'm like i'm like why is she driving me crazy and uh, in reality i had so much on my mind in Uh regards to church stuff like, I was thinking about what hadn't gotten done. Mm-hmm. Thursdays are just so jam-packed. There's so much stuff where I'm like, I just know if, if I need to sit down on Thursdays, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm just busy. I go from one appointment to the next to the next. And so I was like, it was it was just because I was so built up in regards mm-hmm. to, like, having these other things that I wanted to do. And she was she was an inconvenience in my life. Yeah. That's what it boiled down to. And, uh, and yeah, and... So I think like the energy was depleted and I, I, how do you, how do you write that? Like when Uh, you have, you're, you're the children's and youth person. (laughs) So help me as a parent, parent. understand how to rewrite that, like to just not let that bother me or my, it was my own shortcoming. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think anytime we're we're doing something, first of all, without outside of where God has gifted us, it depletes us and it drains our energy. So I think it's finding, you know, where there are things through the day that were outside of my gifting. Sometimes you're going to have to do that. Yeah. But, you know, is that the norm? Um, and then I think it's like I, th- I apologize to my kids on a regular basis. <laughs> I totally made my kid cry last weekend, like in front of his friends. I'm a terrible mom. Do not provoke so, your children to anger. Uh, But it's so much fun. Listen, and I was, yeah. So I I mean, I apologized to him in front of people. Like, it was super humbling. And I was like, I wanted to justify why I was right. And I'm like, no, first of all, I wouldn't let him do that. So I think in those moments, like, the first step is, man, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. That's it. What do you you say? Like, how do you take it? Um, he, so my oldest is a preteen, so he's filled with emotions and he's, um, very tender hearted at times. And I fully 100% embarrassed him for being tender hearted, but I didn't mean to, (laughs) but it happened. Yeah. And, um, like my bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, thankfully he's also very quick to forgive. Mm. Um, and so he's, I just told him mommy messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I embarrassed you. Um, I, you're right. I care more about how you treat others than if you win a basketball game and yeah. I'm sorry that didn't come out. And, um, he was very gracious cause he is that, he is that kid. If I would have apologized to my middle child, he probably would have held it against me for another week yeah. and not talk to me. So thankfully he's my kid. But I think in those moments, like that's where you start. Like I, even sometimes I'm like, like my youngest gets, he, he needles, he, he <laughs> like pushes and pokes and he finds every button and he does it on purpose. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I'll have to flat out apologize to him and he doesn't even know I'm mad. Like, I mean, he can probably tell, yeah. but I haven't done anything. And I'll be like, mommy is really frustrated with you right now. I'm sorry that I'm feeling this way. Now I need you to go make a change in your, you know, <laughs> but like, I think acknowledging it, we, we say all the time, acknowledge the elephant in the room. And sometimes it's just that I am overloaded. Mm-hmm. And so being real and honest with your kids at times isn't a bad thing um, because they are going to have those moments of um, they're going to have those feelings, too. Yeah. And so teaching them how to walk through that process as you're walking through that process, it's really hard. But I think like if you can recognize if I can recognize my attitudes off because of how I mismanaged or how I overloaded my day, yeah. then I can acknowledge that to my kids and use it as a teaching moment. How Which do you how do you replenish? You, you know, when you feel depleted, like what do you push through or do you, I mean, pushing through is kind of like bottling up emotions. Yeah. But 
What's that look like on your end? In my world, when I feel a hundred percent, like when I just feel wiped out, typically it's one, it's because I push too hard at my job and I'm just exhausted physically. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just straight up. I need to rest. I need to take a break and I need to rest more often than not. It's because I've neglected my time with the Lord. Oh, Um, because I've justified a way. I open my Bible every single day. Yeah. Like I have to, my job requires it, you know? Um, your calling requires it. Doesn't mean I have a relation. I'm I'm intentional with my re- relational side with God. I yeah. don't know if that makes sense. So like, will someone say, do you read your Bible every day? Yes. Do you pray every day? Yeah. It ha- have I really worked on my relationship with the Lord? Have I really sat in his presence? Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10 when I'm depleted, it's because I have skipped the relational side and I've, I haven't. Yeah. yeah. So usually that just means get your butt back in God's word, like to really meditate on it, to sit in his presence, to spend time in prayer. That's usually yeah. where my downfall is. I can relate to that. Cause I think sometimes like I'll write, write something down, you know, that's like my personal devotions mm-hmm. or whatever. And I mean, God's just like, you don't mean that today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just wrote that down. You just went through the motions. Makes you sound good, mm-hmm. you know? And guess what? There's nobody else around. Yeah. We always crack up about this cause <clears throat> a buddy of mine does the same workouts that I do. And, it's funny, like there's a leaderboard and it's this online community and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's like, who are you competing against? Like you're competing against yourself, you know? And so mm-hmm. if you cheat, you know, if you were to like <laughs> right. put like, hey, like I, I finished this in 10 minutes instead of 12 minutes or whatever the case is, you're only cheating yourself. Mm-hmm. And we learned that in sports, you know, yeah. we learned that growing up or whatever. Um, and it's really funny how it how it carries over into like my mm-hmm. relationship with Jesus because he's like, you know. Yep. <laughs> you know. And I and I know and you know and so when are gonna change. What about the mental backpack though? Like I mean Yeah. This is this is I think something he didn't address. I wish he would have addressed it. But uh those of us in pastoral ministry or uh church ministry carry a mental load. And the mental load mm-hmm. I think sometimes is heavier than the physical load. I can get all yes. the physical stuff done. I can write the sermon, mm-hmm. I can you know, do all the things that need to be done in regards to the tangibles. But the backpack of mental toll is huge. And that's something that really can never be taken off. So what do you do when you're depleted? Because I know you carry that same weight too. So what do you do when you're depleted and you still have this backpack off and the energy's been kind of sucked dry of you and and now you're like, man, what do I do? Yeah, I'm... Being the woman, I lean on my husband, mm. and I can. And um, so I'm very much in a different role than a pastor yeah. because um, I'm not care. Like, yes, I have the burdens of the church. There, there are people that I just that I'm hurting for that I, and I, I walk alongside with people, but um, I can lean on my husband for strength in those. Like when it's not just obviously you're leaning on the you Lord. put your bricks in his backpack. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes he car- helps carry, you know, yeah, like yeah. that's, that's why we're, you know, this, that's why we're married. You know, he helps me, I help him at times. And then when we're both depleted, it's really hard yeah. because I do, I lean on I, the total transparency. I lean on my husband mm-hmm. for that when I'm just, and I'll look at him and I'll be like, I've got so much going on in my mind right now and I can't shut it down. I need you to help me shut it down. Yeah. And he is a jokester. He laughs. He's he's so good at creating fun mm-hmm. that he will help create an atmosphere where I can just, whether it's we're going to put on a comedy and we're just going to sit in front of it and he's going to let me, whatever, laugh. He's going to create a space because I won't step back. I won't step away. Kind of lighten the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so... Again, I'm in a different position being the woman, and um, I think as a man, there's probably that's a little bit harder, or maybe a different way. I don't know. How do you and how do you let go of that mental backpack? Ooh, uh, take every six to eight weeks off the pulpit. Mm. Um, that's number one. Like, and that goes back to kind of the the number one. And I would I would encourage anybody who's in any sort of leadership to do that. You know, like whether it's you on a Wednesday night or mm-hmm. Sunday night. You know, or wherever you're leading, um, you have to understand that you are, um, I don't want, uh, I almost said disposable. <laughs> you're not disposable. You're replaceable. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and the sooner you realize you're replaceable, the better you are. Mm-hmm. Because I would love to pastor a community gospel church for the next 40 years. And, uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to, I'm going to pretend like it's going to happen right. and I'm going to plan like it's going right. to happen. 
but uh, at the end of the day, um, God is who he says he is. He's mm-hmm. going to do what he's going to say he's going to do. So uh, you need to take time where you're, where you're purposely checking out. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, I think in my world, um, I'm probably too close to it. Like if, if I get that way and I feel like my backpack is huge or whatever the case is, I am probably carrying weight that God says that he wants to carry, but I've taken mm-hmm. it away from God and put it on myself. Yeah, absolutely. So like if we have people who are sick, you know, or people who are dealing with, and this has just been the past couple of years I've learned this. If we have somebody who's sick, I tell myself in a mirror out loud, Jordan, you cannot heal this person. Mm-hmm. Only God can. And you cannot carry their weight mm-hmm. in regard. Now, you can pray for them and you can love them and you can be concerned about them. Um, but if somebody has a crisis, that's their crisis. You're called to lo- to walk beside them. You are not called to walk in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I, I think that's the disservice that we do is we get to this point in place where we think we can fix people. And I'm like, I can't fix you. No. You know, so oh, that's tough. It is. You know, and, and Scott Yoder, who's a pastor at Crossroads, he was on a couple weeks ago or whatever the case is. Um, but uh, he said something that was really interesting, too. I think when you get to that point where you have the limited energy, you have to get to a place where you say, is it a sin issue mm-hmm. or is it a critic and critique issue? Yeah. If it's critic and critique issue, then I need to evaluate that and fix that accordingly. Yeah. So maybe there's a brick in my backpack that right. um, I need to change. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that you're. I'm upset or I'm thinking it over. I'm overthinking it because I don't want to change it and it Mm -hmm. needs to be changed. Yeah. Um, You know, that's, that's different. That's when your critics become your coaches. It's if it's a sin issue, you got to repent. Absolutely. And I think uh, especially pastors, they don't, they don't spend enough time repenting Mm -hmm. about the things that they've done wrong, um, which is tough. Yeah, something happened in my ear. Yeah, <laughs> mine too. Like, like, I was oh. like, what transpired? I don't even know what it's transpired. It's like real heavy in my ear right now. All right, so anyway, and now we're popping. Uh, quarter four, um, you have limited maturity. maturity. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to design, maintain, evaluate, and re-engineer maturity in your leadership? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, am I answering that question? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think we talk about it. We uh, Here we have a pipeline. Um, so we work on um, constantly training, and our community hates the word train. They do. And terribly. So sometimes it, I think redefining that as discipling, mm-hmm. um, that's what – I think the first question is, are we discipling our teams? Because mm. my desire for should be – number one, to help others grow in their relationship with the Lord. And as a result of that, we're going to do da 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 whatever we're trying to accomplish. And so um, I think first it's just making sure that is your goal, like asking yourself the question, when I look at my teams, how am I helping them grow in their walk with the Lord? Mm-hmm. And he uses a big word, sanctification. We're all in process. We all come in um, – we're, we're all at different places in that process sure. and none of us have arrived. Mm-hmm. And I think a little bit is remembering I haven't arrived either just because I'm the leader of whatever said ministry. I'm not there. I haven't arrived. And I think recognizing that, and I think we know that, but I think we like to wear our spot in the sanctification process with pride mm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we would step back and realize Okay, yes, God has worked, but oh my goodness, look how much further we have. Yeah. I think it would change the perspective a little. I think it would allow us to offer grace to those who maybe need a little bit more grace. Mm-hmm. And I think it would allow us to walk alongside others better when we remember we're all in that process and we're all we're all growing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This feels like the delicate balance of of speaking and listening, but this is where I think it's super hard as a young leader. Yes. Because as a young leader, there are principles that need to be communicated. There's structure and organization mm-hmm. that needs to be communicated. There's operational SOPs, which is mm-hmm. just standard operating procedures that need to be addressed. And as a young leader, you're just going to have to do it. Yeah. And, and you're going to have to get over feeling awkward about mm-hmm. it. And you have to be confident in it. But at the same time, you have to go in with that 5% of, I might not be doing this right. And I'm open to it, mm-hmm. but but that balance has to be so delicate because a, a young leader, s- s- uh, specifically, they'll look at that five percent and that one person who's a powerful voice in that room will change everything that they just said yep. if they let them have 
that that long leash. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how you do it. I, I, ju- I, I, I don't even know if this can be taught. Like this is one of my leadership principles where I'm like, you either you either have to experience it yeah. and you have to change and you ha- but leveraging and, and again, a uh, conversation that happened the other day, we were talking about like the 50 year olds and the 60 year olds mm-hmm. in our church and like we have them, but they're not they're not real present. Right. You know, they're they're very we have a young church we do. and then we have a lo- uh, we have a lot of older people in the church, too. But that like 50, yep. 60 year olds is not there. And somebody asked me, they're like, why is that so you know small? And I said, because I'm young. Yeah. And it's really hard for somebody to look at a pastor and be like, I'm 50, you're 30, 40, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if I trust you. Yeah. I don't know if I believe your ways are right. It takes a truly humble 50 year old mm-hmm. to sit down in the middle of a congregation and let a 38 year old pastor preach to him. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Absolutely. And I, you know, I take that out into wherever you're at. You know, I work, I have a guy on my team who he was a youth pastor for 20 years or Mm -hmm. so. And I'm like, um, I've been doing it too. And I went to school to be an elementary teacher. (laughs) And I'm better than you. (laughs) (laughs) I did not say that. (laughs) Don't make my people quit. (laughs) He's like on that note. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's hard. It's hard going in with confidence in Mm -hmm. that. It's hard leading through some of those loud voices who, um, so as the leader, like, I think there's a humble, like, I think it always works when, no, not always. I think it more often works in those situations when you approach it from a humble standpoint. Right. When you don't approach it as I have everything, but you're still confident. Like, you can be humble and you can be confident. Mm-hmm. And so saying that I, I might not have all the answers, but I am confident in these things. And um, I was talking with your wife, actually, and she said, you know, do you and Jordan disagree a lot? And I said, I don't think we disagree on the end goal. I think mm. we both approach things very differently. Sure. And so we might agree or disagree. Which we're going to. We're we different. Are. I mean, you're we're a woman. I'm a man. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's we, way have different. Very, we have very different. Just the way we approach the to get to the end result right. is not always going to be the same mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, we're two different people with two different ideas and two different backgrounds and two different. Sometimes it feels baggage. like we're running around a mansion, like yeah. looking for each other. Kind of. Like I'm here, I'm and you're like, yeah, well, I'm over here. Yeah. And we're both like, we're trying to get here, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we both and took cross, a different route. Like in the. But I think recognizing that with your teams as you're leading them, and you come at it humbly but confidently, saying, "Okay, we agree on the end goal. Now mm-hmm. we might differ on how we're going to get there." Um, keeping that end goal in mind, which is, I think ultimately it's that step past even what you're trying to do in your ministry. That end goal is the sanctification and the discipleship of others. Right. So that we glorify God. We, we had a, we're having a situation right now. We have, um, we use a certain program for all of our teams and, um, until that program pays me, I'm not going to say it out loud. Um, (laughs) but anyway, we, uh, we use a certain uh, program. Most people get it. Like most people are on it and they, they deal fine with it. Our leadership team, there's one guy who's having a real hard time with it. And, uh, I asked, uh, this is a couple days ago. I asked the team to help him out and Mm -hmm. I, I can do it. I could totally do it. I didn't, I did a horrible job explaining like why they need to do it, but (laughs) I just, I, 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 I looked at it and I was like, I could totally do this, but I, I need the team to do mm-hmm. it. And I need them to do it because it's kind of peer to peer for lack of better right. words. You know, like I want another guy to sit down and explain it to mm-hmm. him and show him how this works and show him that he can do it. Mm-hmm. And I want somebody else to get that win because right. I want that, that platform to continue to produce, you know, mm-hmm. but if it's constantly just me preaching on the platform, like, it's not going to work, no. you know, so we have to give that up. And I'm just praying that it works because, yeah. you know, you, you can't you can't fall off just because one person's not right. participating. We have to get that person to participate. Well, and I think that's where that's that's the, this idea of coming along and equipping others and helping others to equip someone else. Mm-hmm. Like that's that discipleship, that training, that lifting of others up in yeah. whatever aspect you're doing. Um and then, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, so, both of, you and I are both still young. I mean, we're under 40. Yeah. So, you know, like, that's, I think the limited maturity is, it really speaks to the young leader. Because, mm-hmm. it, I wouldn't have listened. But 10 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> 
somebody needed, and somebody did look at me and said, you're not as wise as you think right. you are. The gray hair in your head is not there yet. You know, you need to, you need to stop and see who you are and mm-hmm. your giftedness. And then I think that's the culmination of all the, the rest of them. Like, see the word limited. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the, if I got anything out of the chapter, it was the push to that word limited. Like, yeah. you have limited gifts. You have mm-hmm. limited time. You have limited energy. And yes, you are not the smartest person in the room. So leverage the smartest person in the room to communicate what needs to be communicated, you know, and then you'll become wise. Man, don't you wish you would have got that when you were younger? I wouldn't have listened. I don't think I would have either. I was too prideful. Mm -hmm. I still am. Yeah. I still am. But I found the older I get, the more I love not being the smartest in the room. Mm -hmm. But it has been a process to get there. It's something that Chris Voss taught me um, when we were doing Never Split the Difference. Um, But essentially... And he never says it like this, but it is if that person wins, you win. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have to get to is yeah. if that person you have to see it as a success. If if you really, truly are a team player mm-hmm. and the group wins, you won. Yeah. You know, and and no, they're not going to carry you off, you know, on your shoulders and uh, on their shoulders. They're not going to applaud you every time or whatever the case is. But but. When you get to the end of your life and people start talking about you and who you are, then it will come out. Yeah. Then it will come. And they, they won't know. They won't know why they liked you. They don't know why it was, it was good to be around you, whatever the case is. They'll just know that if there was mm-hmm. something about you that, and it was, it was the desire in your heart. Because true leadership is servant leadership. Absolutely. And, it, it, and that's why Jesus is so famous. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he died on the cross. I know that. He rose from the dead. I get that. But Jesus is so famous because he was all about taking 12 guys that were ordinary and making them extraordinary. So there's a quote, and we'll close with this, but uh, he says it in the very, and this is like the last part mm-hmm. of the chapter, but he says, essentially, we must resist the temptation to live outside of those limits or to make the assumption that we are all dealing with our limits in ways that are humble and wise. God is not afraid to call limited people into gospel leadership, so we should not be afraid with gospel humility and hope to put those limits on the table, not just once, but again and again, knowing we will need to retain the commitment until God's work in us is complete. That's powerful. Yep. So we're yeah. going to close on that. Absolutely. Next week we'll come back uh, with Chapter 4, but until then, have a great day. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.